0: This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Nearly everything about you, from your personal identity to your personal interests, are being tracked and monitored. Should you be concerned about this?
1: Sarong has characterized privacy as something to hide, that only people who have things to hide want privacy. Privacy is very much something that's fundamental to each of us individually.
0: Then, what steps to success can society offer African-American youths? We'll talk to a speaker and author who says mentoring and education are critical needs.
1: There's driving while black, but then there's dining while black, working while black. Everything in front of Wild black is used as something negative. So that's my hope, to put a positive spin on the phrase wild black.
0: Those two stories and much more are coming your way on this week's Info Track. The show begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. You may not be aware of it, but your personal identity, interests, and behavior are being monitored more than ever before. But is all this surveillance really necessary? Bruce Schneier is a security expert and author of Data and Goliath, The Hidden Battles to Collect Your Data and Control Your World. Bruce, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Whenever this topic comes up, we hear people say, I have nothing to hide, so I have nothing to fear. What's your take on that statement?
1: I think it's wrong to mischaracterize privacy as something to hide, that only people who have things to hide want privacy. Privacy is very much something that's fundamental to each of us individually. And privacy is inherently about us having the ability and power to choose how we present ourselves to the world. We don't tell everybody everything, not because we want to hide it, but because we don't have that kind of relationship, or we just met them, or, you know, for whatever reason, we get to decide what we disclose to whom. And that's a very human need, and it's something that's very powerful. And when we're robbed of that, when people know about us without us telling them, then we're robbed of a lot of autonomy and power. We don't feel secure. We feel vulnerable. We feel like prey, and those who are watching us are predators. And so this is a very deep human need, not something you can just characterize as only the refuge of scoundrels.
0: How easy is it for Americans to be tracked and monitored these days?
1: Tracking is very easy. Tracking
0: happens because we use computers.
1: The way to think of it is computers produce data about what they're doing all the time. That's what they do. And that data is increasingly saved and stored. So when we are on a computer using a browser, on our cell phone, either making calls or having it just know our location, we use a credit card, we walk by a camera, this is all increasingly computerized and it is saved. And that's all surveillance data. So there is a lot of data just being collected about us as we go about our daily business, not out of malice of any of these companies' parts. It's either their business model, or it's just what happens. And the promise of big data is now collect it all and save it all. And you might make use of it someday. So that means our data, the things we do, the things we care about, the people we interact with, all that being saved increasingly by a surprisingly large number of companies.
0: Is there any way to hide from this tracking? I see that in your book that even turning your cell phone off, you're tracked if you do that.
1: You know, you're generally not. So we believe the NSA can track cell phones if they're turned off. We don't know exactly how scalable that is, whether that's individual or everybody. Pretty sure they don't do that in the U.S. Others might. You know The problem is a lot of this data isn't under our control. We give it to third parties. We give it to our credit card companies. We give it to the phone company. We give it to retailers. So there's not a lot we can do to protect that data. So Target Corporation or Home Depot or Anthem Health suffer a data breach and hundreds of millions of our records are stolen. There's nothing we can do to prevent that short of not shopping there. And that's the sort of advice that works. Don't use a credit card, don't carry a cell phone, don't have an email address. It's extreme advice and it's actually kind of dumb advice. You can't tell people not to do those things because We need them to be fully functioning members of society. And while we do have some control of our privacy, we can decide what and what not to post on Facebook. Those are really around the edges. That simply by living in 21st century industrial country in a computerized world, data about us is being generated by these third parties. They're the ones who are saving it.
0: We're talking on InfoTrack with Bruce Schneier, author of Data and Goliath, The Hidden Battles to Collect Your Data and Control Your World. Bruce, in terms of the government versus corporate America, which ones are doing the most tracking and which ones should we be most concerned about?
1: Well, Most of the tracking is done by corporations because that's who we're doing business with, that's who we're interacting with. There's some direct government surveillance, but by and large, government tracking piggybacks on this corporate collection. We see that in all the NSA documents. They get themselves copies of our cell phone location data and our call phone records who we talk to. All of this data they are getting because we are sharing it with corporations. I worry most about the two working together, about the public-private surveillance partnership. We see again and again corporations get data from government databases. We see in the U.S. data that the government can't legally collect. They can legally buy from corporations. We see government lobbyists, corporations who are helping with the technology of government surveillance, lobbying for more surveillance. There's a lot of back and forth. It's very hard to separate the two because both are using the same data streams for different purposes. That linkage, you go to another country like China, It's even stronger because there they don't have a very strong separation between government and companies. And so wherever you look, it's the data going back and forth between the apps we use, the computers we use willingly, and government secondary uses of the same data.
0: I would assume the government's interest, one primary interest, would be finding the bad guys and keeping them from doing bad things. But can't sophisticated criminals get around most of this tracking?
1: What we know about broad surveillance is that it's not an effective tool either for crime or terrorist prevention, that every time we've seen evidence, it doesn't work. Certainly following the lead, traditional law enforcement, following individual people is still very effective and I think always will be. And it is, it's hard to get around this. It might be easy to hide your plot, but it's going to be hard to not communicate because, again, these are the tools of modern life. Governments that use this kind of surveillance most effectively are the ones that use it for social control. So you think of China, which surveils its population very effectively to limit the spread of ideas and organization and types of politics. But that's the most effective nature in government, not law enforcement, not terrorism prevention.
0: Edward Snowden obviously was pretty significant in the world of whistleblowers, but does all this surveillance kind of limit the possibility for whistleblowers to reveal wrongdoing?
1: Well, again, it depends on how you do it. It's certainly harder for a whistleblower to hide in the noise. Uh, It's much harder to email things. There are extreme steps you can take. If you are a dissident in China, if you're a whistleblower in the United States, if you're a criminal there are tools you can use to avoid the contents of your conversations being intercepted. The fact that you're having them will likely be known, but you know again, if you're not being targeted, you're not going to rise up amongst the noise. So whistleblowers today are most likely to meet face-to-face, most likely to move paper back and forth, and less likely to use electronics or the internet because of the possibility of tracking. I mean, Snowden famously required the reporters he met in Hong Kong to put their cell phones in the refrigerator to prevent them from leaking location data.
0: Bruce, what solutions are there for changing this situation or making it a little better?
1: I think this is primarily a political problem. And there are tech solutions, and I talk about them in my book, different tools people can use. It doesn't affect a lot of the data in third-party hands. Really, we need good laws, good policies that limit both government and corporate surveillance. And the way to really solve this is through the legislative process and through the courts, not through some clever technology.
0: And do you think that day will come soon?
1: I think that day will come. I don't know about soon. It might take a generation who's born to the Internet to figure out how to maintain privacy on the Internet. But I do think it's coming. I don't think this is the end of privacy. I think we will solve this, just like we've solved all the other hard problems we've faced, but it's going to take time and it's going to
0: take work. Bruce Schneier, security expert and author of Data and Goliath, The Hidden Battles to Collect Your Data and Control Your World. If you'd like to learn more, you can visit his website, schneier.com S-C-H-N-E-I-E-R dot com. Bruce, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you. Next, many inner-city kids face challenging futures. One man's quest is to help them reach higher through mentoring and education. That story, straight ahead.